you taught, of course, history. You taught history for more than 20 years, right? Correct. Uh, you were at the Af- in the Africana Studies Department at Rutgers, which is uh, in New Brunswick. That's Smith's uh, alma mater. Shout out, shout out to Rutgers, uh, Jersey here. Um, what have you, what did you learn in those 20 years? Oh, broad question. Um, the main thing I've learned is that the system doesn't work for black children. And it's not always intentional, but the way the system is, is designed is not designed to meet the unique challenges of being a black person in America. And I often get a lot of pushback on that, uh, even with black people, because the argument I make, and I make it on the first page of my book, is that I don't believe all children are the same. Um, black children's experience in America is very different from that of, of their white counterparts. Um, their social historical experience makes them view the world differently, makes them interact with the world differently. And schools don't match that. And when people push back, you know, there, there's this thing like, you know, kids are kids, uh, people are people, um, we're, all, we're all the same. And the way I simply explain the difference between that, that black kid sitting in your classroom and the white kid is I usually, when I do a lesson on this, I show my family tree. My family, as far as we've been able to document on paper, has been in America since 1828, okay? I show my, my students my family tree. You go from 1828 all the way to me, I'm the very first generation of my family, the very first generation of plumbers to be born with full rights in America. The first generation. It, and that's being generous, assuming that like if we, uh, uh, assuming that we give like the 1968 Civil Rights Act, the, the last thing that on paper makes black people full, full human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm the first, the first in my entire family tree. And that's gonna fundamentally change um, how I see the world and what I need from the world. And schools very rarely match that. Joe Plummer, uh, Sumo Wrestlers and Supermodels. This is the book. Uh, you asked in chapter one, what is an education? Which I've been trying to figure. You know, I think we're at an inflection point in our country, country's mm-hmm. history. We're, we're sitting here with Dr. Anthea Butler, who is of course, Associate Professor of Religion and Africana Studies at University of Penn, Pennsylvania. You know, most of us have been taught, you go to school, you do well, you go to college, you get a job, you know, you're going to be successful. That trajectory does not necessarily suss out for all Black people. And the the problem with what is an education is that there's no centralized way of educating Black people in a system designed for us that from its inception for us to not know how to read, not know how to, you know, do do basic things, right? It's been countered that. And even busing, you're going to throw children into a situation where the kids and the teachers fundamentally see them as inferior and then go be successful. And of course, we we know how to, you know, we, we're mighty morphing, you know, Power Rangers. So we figure it out. But that's not a system. That's actually anti everything. So what is an education? So I always have to distinguish between an education and a training. An education is when you learn how to develop skills and knowledge in a way of viewing the world that helps you achieve the goals that you you need for your life. A training allows you to learn skills and knowledge that allows you 
to do what other people want. And so an example, um, a dog, a dog that can um, roll over, do, do, do tricks, dance to, dance to music, that's a well-trained dog. None of that helps the dog in their daily life. That's, that's a good training. Now, if the dog can hunt, it can bury uh, food and save it, save it for later. Um, all that stuff, right? That, if it can learn how to do that, that's an education. It helps itself. But when you're learning a whole bunch of skills uh, that just benefit someone else, you're, you're being trained. And that's what's happening in even some of the best school, quote unquote, best schools that black children go to. Some of them are receiving excellent training. Like they know where to put a semicolon in, in, in a sentence. They know how to solve a quadratic equation. But when you ask them, can you solve the problems in your own life? Are you being educated to train? Are you being educated to solve the problems in your own community? Then we get crickets. And that's essentially why I titled my book, uh, Sumo Wrestlers and Supermodels. Because the argument I'm making there is I'm creating a frame so people can, people can easily see the mismatch of education. Because curriculum's not neutral. Curriculum moves you towards some goal. There's no such thing as a neutral curriculum. And so the argument I make is, I say, look, let's say we have someone that wants to be a supermodel. And so she hires a sumo wrestler coach to train her. So she eats like a sumo wrestler. She works out like a sumo wrestler, dresses like a sumo wrestler, has the, the psychology of a sumo wrestler. And I say, now what's gonna happen when she goes to, to walk the, the, the runway at, at Fashion Week? It's gonna be a disaster. Someone wants to be a sumo wrestler and they have an expert in, in, uh, in being a supermodel um, coaching them. They eat like a supermodel, dress like a supermodel, have the mentality of a supermodel. What happens when they get into the ring against a properly trained uh, sumo wrestler? They get obliterated. And that's what's happening to black children all across America. They're getting an education that doesn't match their real world needs. So they're getting this random training that when they try to apply it to, to real life, they're getting destroyed. 866-801-8255. We're here with Joel Plummer. Um, Dr. Butler, go ahead. Come on in. I, I have two questions for you. One is, so that's a clever way to put, put this. Although, you know, people would be a little bit upset because they'll tell you that, well, maybe if they ate like a sumo wrestle and did all of that, they maybe could become a model anyway, but we won't go there, right? We'll, we'll have yeah. that conversation later. That's not for this conversation. What, what I'm curious about is what are the ways in which you want to change this education? Because I think you said a couple of things that were really important and people sort of need to have an idea about what this really means, especially for the parents out there who may be in a school system that is not thinking this way, that want to help their children, but you know, they, they need some, they need some skills. They need some help to be able to guide their kids in this way. Two things. One, um, I'm very aware of the, the model thing you brought up. And that's the point. A handful of people will get accepted yeah. by the society being, being an outlier, but as a whole, you're not the, the, that institution, that entity you're trying to enter that makes mm -hmm. all the rules, they'll let a handful come in. Um, yeah. j just like you might be a brilliant 
physicist or mathematician and that even though your your body is that of a supermodel you might be able to figure out how to leverage stuff in a sumo wrestler ring to uh get the, the uh, that giant person knocked out but it's unfair to put the burden on people to be super geniuses genius outliers as 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 the norm uh, now going back to to what what parents can do uh what people can do that's the thing about this this book look there's lots of problems with the system. And that's why I don't focus on changing the entire system in this book. Mm-hmm. I focus on what teachers can do right now with no money down, what mm-hmm. they can do, the changes they can make, and what parents can ask teachers to do. So, so for- What are they? Tell us, yep. Sure. Yeah, that's what we want, examples. I, I, Cause I mean, sure. people, people wanna buy your book so they gotta know what they, what sure. are you gonna do, right? So, so certain things are just—it's just knowledge base. For one, you have to learn the history of your students. You have to understand who your students are. My test of a new teacher's value—I say, can you have a half-hour discussion with the students in your classroom without talking about anything related to school? Do you know enough about their world to just shoot the breeze with them for, mm-hmm. for a half hour? Because if not, how can you possibly come up with examples when you're trying to teach them things? How can you relate to them if you know nothing about their world? Or even worse, you don't feel comfortable spending that time, spending time with them and having those, those type of conversations. So that's on a, on a personal level, you have to know the students, but you also have to know that, know their history. One of the things that, that really strikes me watching Professor Hunter and Professor Carr every, every week is they always talk about, you know, what, do, what does that person mean to me specifically, right? What does this mean to me as, as a black person? Teachers have to know that. You have to understand how black people view the world. You can, and there's tons of information available, but you have to one, decide that it's worth your while to understand the, the, the psyche of, of, of black people and then to do it. Another thing, so you, and, and then you have to adjust your lesson plans accordingly. You have to put your black student as the center of the experience and then um, connect everything to them. Uh, another thing that happens repeatedly in urban schools is that there's this tremendous focus on controlling black bodies instead of freeing their minds. I can't tell you how many staff meetings I've sat in where the focus is on what kids, kids wearing hats, kids uh, talking too much, kids um, uh, during, during this pandemic, people were frustrated with uh, kids not sitting up straight and, and camera stuff. Um, all this stuff about bodies, making sure, giving kids demerits for not having the right uniforms. Right, all this stuff about controlling bodies. Some schools, I've worked in schools that went from an eight period day to a four period block scheduled day just because they only wanted the kids to move four times a day instead of eight because hallways are, are the most difficult part of a, of a school. But it wasn't for educational value, it's for, it's for control. Mm-hmm. And so we have to get teachers right now, I have to make the constant decision, wait a minute, this isn't something that I need to be afraid of and control. This is a child whose mind I'm responsible for, for growing. 
that doesn't cost any money. You can't be afraid. And I say in the book, you can't teach people that you're afraid of. Mm -hmm. So many teachers are actually afraid of their students. And that's why they support policies that that can that are, you know, draconian and how you punish students for, for the things that they do um, for the tiniest inf infractions. There's fundamental changes in the way. Excuse me. Um, I, let me just go back to controlling bodies real quick. Even with school uniforms, here in New Jersey, where I am, if you look at the public schools that have uniforms, they're almost entirely, and to my knowledge, actually all, black and Latino urban dis school districts. <laughs> and the argument that people make to me is that, yeah, so you, you have to do that because that helps the students uh, focus more. You know, it makes them better students. It makes them not worry about a fashion show at all. Uh, it makes them focus on academics. It makes kids that, that don't have as much not, not feel, feel as bad. And some people even go so far as to say, look, there's some places that, that have gangs and certain colors uh, mean certain things. And you can avoid all that by putting them in uniforms. And my response to all that is, well, if uniforms are this panacea for, for educational problems, how come the white suburbs aren't doing it? Unless they're prep schools, of course, but there you go. But I'm talking about public schools. Yeah. Um, what is it about black children that we think, you know, they, they need this extra boost? When, if, if a kid has less than someone else, they have, a, they have a messed up, they don't have fancy clothes and stuff. Instead of doing the work of saying, well, I need to teach this kid how to be empathetic. Do the hard work of teaching that, that kid to not make fun of some other kid just mm -hmm. because their their parents have a little less. Can I ask you a question while, mm -hmm. while we're going through this? I, I'm just curious because, you know, you said you had been at Rutgers for 20 years. No, 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 no. I've been teaching well, teaching, teaching secondary teaching for 20 secondary. years. Okay, Rutgers that's, at, what, that's what I was trying to ask. So, Rutgers um, at 13 years. Okay, gotcha. So I'm sorry I misunderstood that. I, I, I probably sort of, did that wrong. Yeah, that no, that's okay. I, I, I was just trying to understand because I had, I couldn't follow. Um, the, the other thing I'm thinking about is, do you, do you envision this as sort of parents reading this book or do you want teachers to get this book? You want this to be, you know, thought about in the school board and how you hire people? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm imagining this that some of us would say, yeah, we really want to know about our students and all of this, but there's only so much you can know about your students without, you know, infringing on personal privacy and all those kinds of things. Or, you know, the kinds of things that you, if you want to bring up something in class that's that's relative to a student's life. I'm just thinking about here in Philadelphia, there's a lot of shootings going on, but there's people who are doing really fun things and there's great, you know, programs, recreational programs and things like that, that I might, if I were teaching secondary school, I would talk about. I'm just thinking about the ways in which you're, you're naming off all of these things, but that requires that you train teachers differently, first of all. And then secondarily, you think about the obstacles that school districts have to all of these things, because, you know, this is not something and you know this and I don't have to tell you, these are not things that have just come up overnight. This has been like a 30 to 50 year process, actually, really since Brown versus Board. Sure. Um, well, but but that's so my, my target audience, again, is teachers of black children mm -hmm. and parents of black children. Because this, it explains what I think teachers should do, but parents also need to know what's possible from a teacher. I don't want parents to think that, well, no, it's just 
it's just a, it's just a thing. Teachers can't relate to students. They can't mm -hmm. do this. They don't know their history. No, I, I want parents to say, no, this is what a good teacher looks like. And I'm demanding this out, out of the people. Now, in terms of the teachers, though, yes, it would be great. It would be great if if schools provided training. But my my goal in the book is for a teacher to read this and to have a gut check and, and be like, you know what? I'm not doing these things. I could be doing this. I could be doing doing that. And again, my goal is not to try to change the whole system. My goal is to try to change teachers um, individually, one, one, one by one. Someone should work on the larger system. Someone should work on funding, um, on the school funding system. Someone should work on the larger curriculum. But my goal in this book is for individual the teacher to pick up, read that book, um, recognize where their shortcomings are and deal with it them, themselves. I think there's a, a larger fundamental question or, or problem that we're not dealing with. And, and that is what we're teaching. You know, there's a lot of, um, you know, debate right now about critical race theory. That's not even the issue. Nope. Uh, the issue is we, you know, like you said, skill versus education. Mm -hmm. We are preparing people to learn how to think. This has nothing to do with race, in my opinion, because, you know, if, if a Marva Collins can teach, you know, six-year-old logic and philosophy, we fundamentally how we communicate and treat one another should be at the core before we learn reading, writing, and arithmetic or any history or anything else, we should learn how to communicate with one another uh, at a high level and then learn how to think through problems. That's not even in anyone's, I don't, I don't see that anywhere at, at any level. One, one of the two things about that, I, I completely agree. One, I feel like we're at a place in America of education where we really see education as training for, for a job. Mm -hmm. So the goal isn't to be, and, and in fact, my students that come to college, they're not coming to college because they want to expand their mind, because they want to learn how to be great thinkers. The majority of them are coming there because they want to get this degree because they think this degree is going to translate to a job, which is going to translate into, into money. Um, and so it, for the vast majority of them, it's not about the lear learning for learning's sake and, and learning how to think and then understanding that, well, if I can do that, if I can think, I can apply that to, to anything. Um, there, it's this, in this capitalist society, it's what makes, what leads to money. And if I, and if it's too abstract, uh, I'm not interested. The other thing though, is about teaching people to, to think deeply as educators, you have to have, you have to have educators that view the students as, as, as people capable of having those, those deep intellectual thoughts. And that's one of, one of my problems that if you, I think the, the average profile of an American teacher is, is a 46 year old white woman. Yeah. And you have to wonder, well, what is their perception of these black children that they're working with?